0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Hey, good morning, Arkansas. Auditor State Dennis Milligan setting in for the vacationing Dave Ellswick, who uh, Aaron Weatherford and I have agreed uh, is somewhere in Florida, though we can't get a specific. Uh, uh, and I think you forgot to put the GPS locator under under the, the, the car. So, But I tell you what, I am so excited this morning. We have got a lineup that is uh, it's just crazy. I mean, this is almost be... You might call me Tucker Milligan. I don't know. I mean, I, it just uh, I mean, I'm just saying, Aaron. What are you laughing about back there? Yeah. I mean, things are possible, right? Yeah. So, it's a good, uh, good and and my my first guest this morning is, uh, I mean, arguably uh, the most powerful person uh, at the state capitol, really, in the sense that he uh, he controls a lot of things. Matthew Shepard, are you on board?
2: I'm here. Good morning.
1: Good morning. I know uh, we had planned on having you join us in the studio, but uh, there's been a little something going on at the Capitol this week, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry I can't be there in person with you, but yeah, we've been in special session, and uh, we plan on wrapping it up this morning. The House is actually going to convene at 830, and so uh, that's why I had to stay here and uh, call in from my office here at the Capitol, but glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the kind words. Representative Eubanks is sitting here in my office with me, and he enjoyed the, uh, the uh, lead-in music there. So uh, it's been a good morning so far.
1: Well, I'm glad. Uh, Representative Eubanks, good morning to you. And, uh, you know, everything was going well up until you. But but I think Representative <laughs> Eubanks, should, yeah. <laughs> I, hey, let me ask you, uh, do we feel like we've got everything in order now? I mean, is is, is this thing yeah. – uh, uh, and, and you can expand on that,
2: yeah, so uh we have things go with the Capitol, particularly uh particularly, uh in the legislative branch. I mean you, you know you, you don't ever wanna say that anything's done until you actually wrap it up and count the votes but yeah we we feel good about where we're at, uh We feel like that you know of the seven there's seven subjects or seven different bills uh that uh, that we've been dealing with. Six of the seven have, have had no issues at all. Of course, as you know, we've had uh, uh, the FOIA bill that uh, that we worked on, and that that was revised, and uh, and now you know it's got the vote that came out of the Senate yesterday. It came through committee here on the House then yesterday afternoon, and it'll be on the House floor uh, this morning. We feel good about where we're at. It has broad support in the Senate. It actually had bipartisan support, as you know. I understand. So we 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 think we're lined up and, and should be able to wrap this up here, you know, in the next hour, hour and a half. So the,
1: so the hope is you won't be sticking around the Capitol for lunch?
2: Uh, well, I mean, we'll be around probably because we've got, to, if, if we wrap up today, we've got legislative council tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, it'll be nice to uh, to kind of be able to, to get away from people. Well, I probably will... Uh, We'll go home this evening and and uh, hope to uh, watch uh, one of my daughters cheer tonight at a junior high game. But
1: absolutely, we'll
2: be back, be back at it tomorrow in uh, council.
1: So you know, there there are two happy times when you when you get a boat. Uh, that's when you buy the boat, and that's when you sell it. So would you say there's two happy times with a session when you go into the session, and then when you when you get out?
2: Yeah. So just to be clear. You're talking about a boat, B-O-A-T. A boat. I was, at first Not, I thought you said buying boats. So I was like, no,
1: I no, no, no. When you buy a boat, <laughs> there's supposedly B-O-A-T, <laughs> B-O-A-T, let me be clear. <laughs> uh, they uh,
2: get water, right?
1: Yes, but, but right, so, yeah, yeah.
2: So, yeah, I mean, but but actually, I mean, even with the ups and downs, uh, the, you know, the process is also, I mean, it has its challenges, but uh, but that's you know that's that's part of the part of being here uh but yeah no i think generally across the board folks are are you know more or less they're kind of you know happy when they when they uh when we get together and uh convene and then uh you know once you've been through a session even a special session of four days uh you know folks are are ready to to probably go back home so yeah you're right Uh, this is this should be a a little uh a little happier times here in in, in a while so. sort,
1: sort of like having the family over for thanksgiving you know it, it, it's happy you're glad to see everybody but but uh, you know let me move on here just a little bit and and talk about you personally uh i mean you, you've been a two-time speaker am i correct
2: I, actually i've i've been a three-time speaker and i finished up a term before that so this is this is actually, I guess, uh, I'm serving uh, my third, my third uh, full full term. I've been speaker for just over five years. That so I've, I've been a while.
1: Let Let me say that is a a tribute, unprecedented. That uh, and and nothing. I mean, your colleagues obviously have a tremendous amount of trust in your decision making and your leadership. Uh, I know you're. You're not necessarily, uh, I mean, you you can be a man of few words, but I know this much. Uh, you mean what you say and you say what you mean. And uh, so I just wanted to compliment you on that because it's, uh, you know, that's just something that's a rarity. And uh, uh, I, as a constitutional officer, uh, uh, certainly appreciate the leadership and the cooperation that we have with the uh the legislative branch uh, of state government and uh yeah i don't always get what i want but uh you know it's it's not from lack of trying and i'm sure the same would be true with you
2: yeah so no i mean as you know we've had a we've had a, a very good relationship and i appreciate those kind words and and uh yeah the same goes for me i mean i think sometimes i think that that Sometimes, uh, you know, being speaker is kind of like being the quarterback on the football team. No doubt. Um, which, which I was a quarterback a long time ago at El Dorado. But, you know, sometimes the quarterbacks, they get, they get uh, far too much of the credit. And, and other times they get probably far too much of the blame. But that comes with the territory. And, you know, we try to do the right thing. And I feel very fortunate that I've had really, a really good leadership team. Uh, you know, it's evolved through the years. I mean, having been speaker for five terms, we've had folks that have decided not to run again. We've had new folks come in. So we've, uh, you know, tried to involve a lot of people from from all across the state. And, uh, of course, Dennis, you and I go back a long ways, back when you were state chairman. We did. And uh, I was county chairman in Union County. There weren't a whole lot of Republicans around back then. And, uh, you know, it's it's obviously fulfilling and gratifying that now, uh, you know, here I sit as Speaker of the House, and uh, you're serving in your second constitutional office. And so, uh, you know, I want to congratulate you, and obviously you deserve a lot of credit for for, uh, plowing those fields a long time ago as well.
1: Well, be sure and tell Representative Eubanks that. Make sure... Make sure he gets that gets gets that memo. <laughs> Make sure he gets that memo. But you're you're exactly right. And uh, you know, I tell my friends across the aisle, uh, look, they uh, and, and as you may or may not know, I was the first Republican ever elected as Treasurer of State. And uh, but I tell my friends across the aisle, you had about 145 years to manage the state and uh, give us 145, and then we'll we'll sit down and decide who's done the best job. And, uh, yeah. but all in all, and, and I want to encourage folks, uh, uh, and I think we saw some of that, uh, uh, uh w- one of the things that, that, of course, uh, pleased me as a businessman, as a, just as an Arkansan, are the tax cuts.
2: Yeah. Well, and that's, that's something that I know there's been considerable attention to the, to the FOIA bill, but, I mean, the tax cut legislation is—that's a huge deal. I mean, we're going to cut another uh, three tenths of a percent, or a percent off of both the corporate and personal rate. Plus, we're going to give a $150 tax credit uh, as well. And so, you know, anybody making over $24,300 is going to benefit from that tax cut. And so, it's—it's it's a big deal. You know, we—we we, during our time uh, here, uh, we have—we have. We have Delivered, you know, it, it, just in terms of annual amount, we've delivered over a billion dollars in tax cuts. I mean, we're probably approaching two billion dollars if we figured it all up. We had the biggest tax cut in the state's history, I guess, a couple of years ago or maybe a year or two ago. It, it all starts running together. And then here we are again, and uh, we're working with Governor Sanders and her leadership and working with leadership on both ends, we've been able to put together another tax cut. And so when when we started out, you know, with Republican control of the House, the Senate, and the Governor's office uh, back a few years ago with under Governor Hutchinson, you know, we started out with a tax, a top tax rate of 7%, and here we are, uh, you know, we're going to, everything goes smoothly today, we're going to drop it down to 4.4, and that's, that's a significant drop when you think about what's happened over the last nine years, and uh, so I'm really proud of the work we've done, but you know, the other thing that that, uh, that we've done along the way, and I know you'll appreciate this because uh, of your work as both the treasurer and as the auditor, but we've also built up a catastrophic reserve fund of, I think it's at like $1.6 billion, I think, somewhere in that neighborhood. And then we're going to set aside, to, in, in another separate bill today, we're going to set aside, I think it's about $700 million Dollars into an additional reserve account. So, you know, we've been able to cut taxes, but that has not been at the – we haven't had to sacrifice the fiscal uh, uh, security of the state. And I think that validates what you, uh, me, and and many other conservatives have argued is that you let people keep more of what they earn, you can do that and still provide the services and provide – a, uh, you know, a, a functioning state government, and so far it's worked out well, but there's still going to be more work to be done.
1: Well, we're in for the long, uh, we're not in for the short run, we're in for the long run, and uh, uh, there'll be people waiting in the wings to carry on uh, the things that you and I have worked for. Uh, listen, I've got about a minute left. I want to ask you, what what lies, I mean, what's, uh, what's the future of uh, Speaker Matthew Shepard? I mean, are we... Uh, uh, I have to ask that question, so I hope you appreciate it. And and but where 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 do we think we're going from here?
2: That that's a good question. And, and Representative Eubanks is really he's sitting over here, really wanting to know the answer as well. But you know, I've uh, I decided not to run for speaker again. Uh, you know, I felt like I had the support to do it another term, but oh, you did. Also, I felt like you know doing it three three terms was unprecedented and. Uh, you know I, I felt like that uh, you know it made sense to, to step away kind of on my own terms as of now I plan on running for my final term in the house and then you know we'll see what what uh, where we go from there I mean you know me and uh, I, I've tried to you know while I try to plan for the future uh, I also just try to make the most and do the best I can with what God has placed in front of me today and and so uh you know we'll see i've got a law practice back in el dorado and uh look forward to getting back there to practice a little law to hopefully be able to provide for my family because uh you know when you're up here in little rock uh that takes away from some of that but that comes with the territory too but uh, but anyway i hope uh hopefully can stay engaged you know well into the future and in, in public service and contributing to the state and and uh look forward to continuing to work with you,
1: browsing, uh uh, because th- what we need to remember is that that makes us more appealing to companies. And, and let's all face it, when we have companies wanting to locate here, that means more jobs, more opportunities, more growth, and, and just uh, overall a better way of life for uh, our Kansans. And I'm passionate about my state and uh, really glad to glad to see that. Uh, hey, I tell you what, I, 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 I can't kind of got errand to, to brag about myself a little bit I've got former governor Mike Huckabee coming on in just a few moments and uh I mean you know that's uh that's pretty that, that's you know kind of high cotton right there being able to to uh, uh to call the governor the former governor and uh uh, invite him on and, and and amazingly he said yes so uh i'm really looking forward i think he's on at uh, 8 35 i believe is right uh when he'll be joining us so then i'm gonna have uh, uh richard Beardon. he is uh uh the uh uh, I guess one of the principles of impact management, which is a lobbying firm, along with some other things. And, and so ultimately we're going to be able to discuss, because most of us, when we hear the name lobbyist, it doesn't sound, uh, it, it sounds bad in the way the media kind of portrays it. So we'll see uh, what Richard has to say, Longtime lobbyist and uh, very successful. In fact, he handled uh Bush's uh, him and Terry Benham handled bush forty one i'm sorry bush forty three's campaign uh, in two thousand uh, then uh, we're also going to have uh, uh, state Senator Ben Gilmore on he will be uh, he'll be in the ten o'clock hour and we're going to chat about a number of different things a session about uh, unclaimed property which is one of the main things that uh, the auditor state is uh uh, and if you listened yesterday, uh, uh, you know, I'm just imploring you to go to ClaimItAR.com and help me get this $400 million back in your hands because it's your money. The government's not giving you nothing. It's it's monies that have been misplaced. It's materials that have been misplaced. And ultimately, they end up in uh, in my hands. And uh, I just want to make sure, uh, I mean, some examples uh University of Arkansas at Fayetteville got 166000 by the way, this is for nonprofits, it's for businesses, it's for individuals, certainly. Uh, and uh, I'm just so pleased with our staff because I made a commitment and told them I want to be the all-time giving back auditor uh, in the state's history, and we're going to focus on that. And with your help uh, in being able to uh, go to claimitar.com, and look, I get it. Sometimes it's only 50 bucks. Sometimes it's 25 bucks. But it's going to stay there unless you claim it. And it's not difficult. Uh, let me say again, it is not difficult to be able to get that that money in your hands. And we have people posting on our website quite often pictures of themselves getting, getting their checks. And uh, it's also signed by me. So uh, uh, it kind of gets to be a double whammy for me to get to... Uh, uh, and, and let me tell you something. People will return your calls, Aaron Weatherford, when you when you tell them that they've got money coming, and uh, uh, they uh, uh, they they appreciate that. And but I appreciate it even more. And it just puts it right back in the economy. And uh, again, what what can I say? But I do also sit on a couple of very important retirement boards, teacher retirement. I sit on uh, uh, APERS, which is the public retirement. Uh, uh, for state employees uh and uh and I have uh, sat on those boards for uh, uh going on now I guess 9 years so that's quite rewarding in being able to have a hand in uh looking and addressing such important uh, part of our uh, state's economy so uh we uh we look forward to uh the rest of the show as I said I, I uh, you know, I'm going to be with a professional in Mike Huckabee, and I've just got to figure out uh, how to uh, uh, how to approach this. I've I got to say I might be even a, a tad nervous there because he could take over the show. I mean, you know, I don't know if there will be a coup or not, but uh, he's uh, – in fact, I think uh, he's heading out after the show to Illinois for a speaking engagement and then he's uh, got to film his own show tomorrow in Nashville. So uh, we'll look forward after the break and uh, get him uh, in his seat. You're listening to The Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, Stacy Peterson and I've got egg on my face. I gave the governor the wrong address governor mike huckabee so it's on me it's not on him he my understanding is he'll be in the studio here very shortly and that's uh if you hear a commotion going on that may be him beating me over the head for uh but you know my bad so to speak and uh but because i'm more excited to get him here in front of me than than maybe even you listeners are but uh, you know oh well so uh i've got to fill in uh and let me tell you uh when you're hosting a show it's not, you know. Dave is a professional. He can he can make, uh, you know, uh, he 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 can make things seem as natural as they are. So you start thinking: Do I want to talk about current events? Uh, do I want to talk about politics, which is uh, certainly one of my favorite subjects? Do I want to talk? I've had Matthew Shepard on, uh, the Speaker of the House. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm still excited. I'm going to have Richard Bearden on the phone. Uh, a, a lobbyist to talk about uh, his industry. Uh, so, and then tomorrow, let me tease, uh, uh, let me tease a little bit about uh, in the morning, I'm going to have Justice uh, Barbara Webb to talk about her campaign for the chief justice job. Yesterday we had uh Uh, Justice Rhonda Wood on uh, to talk about her campaign. Uh, And again, as a disclaimer, both of those people are are near and dear to me, and I value their friendship so, so very much. We're also going to uh, talk about veterans tomorrow. We're going to have Sherry Briley on, who's a gold star wife. And and if you were listening yesterday, you might have heard me say uh, her husband's death was was part of the reason and the creation of the movie black hawk down so she'll be in from hot springs and uh and then we're having uh uh uh, michael brooks and wes holt in uh they're a veteran suicide intervention team and uh so uh uh, hang on just a minute if i don't get uh if i don't get i don't know how many lashes this is going to cost me for uh uh uh, the governor just walked in, and we, he uh, – I didn't look at him because he might give me a mean look. Uh, and, and he's a, hes just a little older than me, so uh, he's got to know that early signs of dementia uh, – I mean, because you asked me last night where, yeah. we, where we're going to be. And... and
3: you even sent me a map. Did you know that? You want to you wanna see it? No. Because no. I got it right no, here. No, you no. sent me to
1: the – to the I, prospect, prospect building, which is right up the street. Yes, uh, and I also said which the prospect building is, Governor uh, is uh, right by Dillard's. And, and uh, but but you know what? As I said, uh, uh, that's why you're a professional and I'm an amateur. <laughs> that's it. Uh, this uh, has nothing to do with radio, <laughs> and it has nothing to do with radio.
3: And I kept thinking, where is Underwood? He's supposed to meet me in the lobby, and I yeah. was there ten after eight. And I'm uh, thinking. You know, Gary knows that's right. Not to just that's right ditch me like this. Yeah. So and, anyway,
1: and Stacy walked in and said, "The governor is at the Prospect Building." I said, "He went to the wrong building." I gave yeah, and, and then I looked. So you there know, you what? Go. Uh, all, only thing I thirty can, lashes. I can only ask for forgiveness. So uh, so let me jump into it because okay. I know your time is is so very valuable. Uh, and and I wanna I wanna get a couple of disclaimers out there. Okay. Number one, uh, in my political career, which started uh, in the early two thousands. Uh you've been someone that has always supported me in my endeavors and not 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 just with your mouth. Yeah. Uh, you, you you you've always Did taken some checks. Uh, yes you have and and I'm so very appreciative of it. Obviously I have a connection to your family. Your 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 sister Pat uh, yeah. uh retired Bryant school teacher uh her husband Jim Harris who actually worked with me for a number of years right. as well as you. Right. And uh, so uh, uh, it's just one of those things where I may not be much below surface, but I certainly (laughs) think that uh, uh, I've been a part of the Huckabee uh, uh, operation, so to speak.
3: I think so. Absolutely. Well, it's Uh, great to be with you this morning. You've got some wonderful photos around. You know, when you have uh, John Wayne and Donald Trump with the same front of the same american flag can't go wrong there right
1: no absolutely cannot and uh and that's that's the way dave ellswick rolls i mean he uh uh, he's actually in fact uh, he had uh, saw him at the republican uh, uh republican committee meeting uh two or three weeks ago and he asked me he said dennis would you host the show yeah and i've hosted it before uh And I said, sure. So he calls me back later on that afternoon. he said, you know, we've always gotten pretty good response, Dennis, when you you host the show. And uh, so would you do two more days? I said, "Uh, you couldn't find anybody else, right? (laughs) (laughs) So he owned up to it.
3: I thought he was going to say, Dennis, we're going to give you one more chance.
1: Yeah, well. That's what we're going to do. So tell me. Uh, I mean, there's some obvious things that, that the listeners and I know. You have a, a show, a very successful show. You still do speak. In fact, you're heading out, to, am I correct, to Illinois today?
3: Right. This afternoon I'll be in Peoria, Illinois tonight and then on to Nashville. And tomorrow to, we'll take my show. That's right. So, uh,
1: but, but what else have you been up to?
3: You know, people think I'm retired. It just insults me because I'll have people come, how you like retirement? And I want to hit them. And I'm thinking I'm busier than I've ever been in my life. I'm speaking all over the world. I own several businesses, a travel business. I own some radio stations in Missouri and Arkansas. had some in Texas but sold those. Um, I'm on several boards.
1: Fox contributor.
3: Yeah, and Newsmax. And then I'm also, of course, traveling to Nashville every week to do the television show. And, uh, you know, then occasionally I get to be a grandfather to seven grandkids, which is not retirement at all. That's uh one of the hardest jobs ever is when all seven are together because food and noise are flying everywhere and is trying to uh dodge both.
1: But but you're uh you're you're pretty much a a, ch- a cheap babysitter. I mean, uh they, it doesn't cost a Can't lot. Can't get
3: any cheaper than free. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So so let me let me jump back a little bit. You're from Hope, Arkansas. Yeah. And uh And and I remember these stories. Remember, I've got Gary Underwood who worked with you for some 20 years and then with me now for the past 12. So, you know, I do and have been exposed to some stories Mm. that – but you come from a very patriotic family. I know you you always spoke of your father who uh, was very patriotic.
3: I always tell people that my dad was the most patriotic man I knew. He uh, laid on the stripes. I saw stars. And I grew up in that kind of – old-fashioned uh, sort of baby boomer environment where discipline was not something that was negotiated between parent and child. <laughs> you know, so th- there was a lot of uh, my growing up that is very different than kids grow up with today. I'm not going to say one is better than the other, but, you know, I have nothing but gratitude for the culture in which I grew up where there was a clear understanding of authority um, Where we may not have agreed with our parents oftentimes, but we understood who was boss. And our parents weren't trying to be our buddy, our friend. They were were parents, and they made very clear what the rules are. And I've told people, you know, I grew up, a good example, Dennis, is firearms. I grew up, you know, we had guns in our home. I knew where they were. And, And by the way, in those days, they weren't locked up. I knew where they were. I could have gotten to them. People say, well, why didn't you get to them? I'll tell you why, because I was more afraid of my father than I was the gun. I knew what the gun could do. I knew what it could do. I knew what my father would do if I ever touched a firearm without his permission and his presence. You know, I went to high school at Hope High. Most every vehicle in the parking lot driven by a male to school, most were pickups, but if they weren't, um, they probably had a gun in the, you know, in the window of the truck because they either came from hunting or they were going hunting right after school. Nobody ever thought about taking that gun, going into the school and shooting the place up. I mean, it was just that that was
1: unthinkable. So, so Governor, then what I would uh, deduce down from your comments are that maybe... Maybe getting back to some of that good old discipline might uh, help straighten (laughs) this this country out.
3: Well, it wouldn't hurt. Uh, A lot of it was that there were clear lines of what's right and what's wrong. Some of that was based on the fact that most of us grew up in a community where church, even if it was not something that was overwhelming, it had an influence in the community. It, it permeated. It saturated the community with a basic sense of Judeo-Christian values of respect for others, an understanding of do unto others what you would have them do unto you. So we grew up with that, and it was not a matter of it having to be screamed at us. It was a natural part of the manner in which we grew up. So here's an example. Racism has been real in this country, and it's been real in the South, and it was real when I grew up. There was segregation in the schools and in pretty much the community. Yes, sir. But if I had ever said something disrespectful to a person of color, to a black person in my community, and my mother or father heard it, uh, the next sound you would have heard would have been my body hitting the pavement because they wouldn't have tolerated that. That's just not something that were was allowed so you know this idea that we all grew up as racist is inherently false. We we just weren't. And as the schools integrated, I I look back and I'm amazed. By the way, this year is my fiftieth class reunion at Hope High. We're going to have it next uh, next month.
1: We show boy, I tell you what, I'm in, uh, and and the governor doesn't know this, but uh, you know, governor, some people have been calling me Tucker Milligan. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, really? yeah, 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 especially being able to. Uh, to, you know, uh, they used to say uh, the John, that when you got on the Johnny Carson show, which you did, yeah. uh-huh. uh, that 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 when he called you to sit down, you that just made you. And so having <laughs> having a, a, a former governor, a two time presidential candidate, mm-hmm. and by the way, Tina and I, my wife, were talking. We got to go up on the second campaign to Iowa and campaign for. it. I them. remember
3: you being there, and I want
1: to tell you. That was one of the that was one of the neatest things that mm-hmm. we will never forget. Just, I mean, the results didn't end up the way we wanted. Yeah, they didn't. But uh, but ultimately, uh, you know, uh, standing on the street corners holding Huckabee signs. It was cold. Uh, it, it, and Very then the cold. Course of course the debate, yeah. uh, the debate, and and so uh, mm-hmm. anyway, that was such a neat thing. Uh, let me jump uh, again. I, I know because we're. We're covering so much ground here, tell me a little bit about uh and and it's kind of the elephant in the room you're a former governor, yeah, and we both know someone that is the current governor, <laughs> so I have a daughter, yeah and she's she works for an a former employee of yours, Levinsky Smith yeah. in the eighth Love circuit Levinsky.
3: I grew up with him in hope he you is did. another hope native. you did, yeah,
1: and he is the uh now the chief uh uh, the Chief Justice uh, of the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals, and and I have to say this, even though it should I shouldn't, he's the first African American ever uh, appointed to to be the Chief Judge. Yeah. Uh, Very
3: capable guy. In fact, I often said that if I had made it to the White House and had become President he would have been my first Supreme Court appointment if I had had one.
1: Well, that's, uh, and that's a great honor. My daughter's had the pleasure of, of working for him for some 17 years mm. now. She's his senior staff attorney. But my point is is that even though I'm so, so proud of my daughter, we're still competitive. And, <laughs> and I'm curious, are you and Sarah still competitive? Are you competitive at all?
3: No, I don't think so. You know, I, I, I can't imagine being anything other than grateful and proud of the job that she's doing and you know Sean Hannity uh, has tried to and he's doing it for fun you know he'll say okay so you're going to be a much better governor than your dad yeah and I'm thinking I hope so you know that's that's the great hope I would have is how, that she would be
1: how would you respond if uh, and of course you weren't there that she took a little poke at you at the <laughs> uh the state party meeting the <laughs> other day
3: I uh, didn't hear about it because uh, I'm sure she kept me from learning
1: we had a full house Uh right I mean standing room only and she said you know when my dad was governor he wouldn't have filled up the two rows
3: (laughs) you know that's not too far off the mark yeah you know but here's what I tell people I I tell them I I was governor when I had to play the role of Ginger Rogers rather than Fred Astaire and Mm -hmm. you remember Ginger, Ginger Rogers great line she said I did everything Fred Astaire did, but I did it backwards in high heels. In other words, it was much tougher. I had a 90 percent Democrat legislature and across Arkansas. I mean, the Democrats dominated. That is the environment I went into. I'm not saying it's easier for Sarah to be governor because it isn't. It's still a tough job every day that you wake up and take it. But there are different dynamics. And, you know, by the time I left office... Things had started the process of changing to become a more Republican state. Now we totally flip, and it's gone from overwhelmingly supermajority Democrat to supermajority Republican. Um, it, it just means that the, the process is different. The dynamics are different. I, I remember going to Asa Hutchinson swearing in when he was uh, elected his first term, and I was in the uh, House chamber when he walked in to give his speech. yes. And I leaned over to him, and I said, Asa, you know the difference between your inauguration and mine? He said, what? And I said, there are actually people in this room who voted for you. <laughs> I said, when I walked in here the first time, I'm looking around, and I'm thinking, there's not a soul in this room, maybe two or three, that even would speak to me if they, uh, unless they had to.
1: Well, and even going back further, when you were a lieutenant governor, uh, uh What kind of nails did they use to to (laughs) nail your door shut?
3: I mean, people think it's an apocryphal story, but it's literally true that on the day of my swearing in, while I was in the uh, chamber getting sworn in, um, Bill McEwen, the then Secretary of State, ordered his employees to nail the door to my office shut, and they physically nailed it so that I couldn't get in. And it stayed that way for my first 59 days as the elected Lieutenant Governor of Arkansas.
1: My, my, my. And, of course, Governor, you you probably remember in 07 and 08, I was the state chair of the party again uh, at a time. You know, I guess we all come around when the good Lord feels like that we have a place uh, to serve. And, of course, uh, I mean, uh, one thing I am very proud of – was we didn't really have a farm team back then, yeah. and and I was able to be a part of getting more JPs elected than any other time for right. Republicans, and uh, uh, and we started building that farm team. And some twenty years later, now I'm actually getting to see the results of uh, and the fruits of that labor. And so again, I have to be so appreciative to you for your leadership and your time. Uh, but you know, again. Uh, people have ask me uh, to be able to ask you again. But I'm, I'm proud to see that there is, I guess, y- you let Sarah do what Sarah does.
3: Yeah, and I don't – people are all the time coming, hey, would you go tell Sarah? And I said, nope, I won't because here's here's my deal with her. If she calls me and asks me about a particular issue or topic or consults me for advice, I'll give it to her. And I'll give it to her unvarnished. But I have not and I will not inject myself – into her business. And I'm not going to call her up and tell her what I think she ought to do. She's the governor, not me. And she has every right to make the decisions that she believes are the ones that are best for the state of Arkansas and its people. And that's why I'm saying if she asks me for my advice, I'll be happy to share it as I would with anyone. But I do not call her and say, you ought to appoint this person. You ought to fire this person. You ought to employ this. I just don't do it. And so, you know, when people are kind of coming to me, can you help me get a job or an appointment? Mm -hmm. I say, nope, I can tell you who to call. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not lobbying.
1: And I think that's uh, – I I certainly think that's a fair statement. Funny story, and I was actually with you. It's been several months now. We were at a prayer breakfast at the mansion, and the former first lady got up to speak, and she was talking – about sarah and she was talking about i guess when you first elected governor y'all having to 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 move into the mansion and that sarah just hated every minute of it didn't like uh i mean she had to give up a lot change schools all that type of stuff and uh uh and then the first lady said but sarah how do you like it now yeah (laughs) <laughs> and here's the other good thing for your grandkids. She knows all the hiding places. Absolutely.
3: You know, they, they're they not going to get away with anything over there because she knows where the cool places
1: are to hide and try to get out of it. To have former Governor Mike Hokeby sitting across from me, and the time is flying by so fast, and I'm wanting to cover so many things. Uh, one of the things that uh, that the auditor's office does, Governor, and and, and and during the break we were able to – is I return unclaimed money to our We have over $400 million that belongs to our And uh, so, uh, in fact, uh, we uh, awarded you some of your own money back this morning.
3: Yeah, that was pretty cool. I walked in and, uh, you know, I realized that there's a couple of accounts, one that my wife had and yeah. one that uh, was from an old campaign, and it was unclaimed. So how cool is that? I come in, and I'm going to get some money. By the way, if, if no one wants that $400 million, I'll, I just want to go ahead and put myself down on that list of people who, if necessary, I'd be willing to receive yeah,
1: it. Well, we thank you uh, for that uh, offer, and we'll certainly uh, take, <laughs> take it under advisement. It I know what that consideration, means. But but uh, claimantar.com, and it's a fairly simple uh, uh, site to remember. Just go to that Arkansas and uh, it, you, you'll be prompted and help me get uh, this money back to Arkansans. And by the way, Governor, uh, for those that, uh, uh, and, and I'm going to give a website. Since you've been involved in so many states and these campaigns, you may have money in other states. Mm. So mm. you can go to missingmoney.com missing com. interesting and because again you m- you may have monies that that you're not even aware of and and so uh many other arkansans may have that very thing also and uh uh so i want to encourage that because look uh you know uh, th- this is not the government's money this is your money and uh, i feel that way
3: about a lot of the money that they currently well
1: have. i mean <laughs> yeah, let's let's face it uh and being a former treasurer and being the auditor of state, uh, I told you earlier one of my main goals is uh, I want to be the the, the the auditor that's giving back the most money uh, that we can. Four hundred million dollars, and every day uh, there may be an output, but there's there, it's amazing how much comes in every day. Hmm. Uh, old utility deposits. Now, now look, let me let me be. Uh, sometimes it's not, but fifty dollars. Uh, sometimes 75 dollars but it's your money and the one thing that i'm proud of is that it stays and this is a big word perpetuity hmm. i think is how you pronounce that stacy always <laughs>, laughs at me but uh, some states have it where it ultimately goes back to the state and i will never support it. I i want to keep trying to get that money back to arkansas that's
3: great and it's uh you know, a wonderful thing to be able to realize that maybe there's, and I think that's what you're talking about. A lot of times, it is a utility deposit, something that you don't even realize that you paid, and then it just ends up in an account. So,
1: and and to go a little further, nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took forty three thousand to a company in Conway the other day. Mm-hmm. The University of Arkansas in Fayetteville just got one hundred and sixty six thousand. UALR here just got one hundred and sixty six thousand city of Springdale, and again, just a host of, uh, of non-profits. And so it's, it's it, 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 even some state agencies have money that technically uh, belongs to them that's in our pot.
3: You know, I'd love to get some of the money back I've paid to states. I don't know if you know this, but if I go to speak in a state... And like I'll be in Illinois tonight. That's right. I will have to file a tax return in the state That's of right. Illinois. You sure will. And I will end up paying taxes. One year, I had tax returns in 37 states. The accounting bill alone to pay to have tax reports filed in those states. And, you know, sometimes the tax may be $12. Sometimes it can be $2,000. Absolutely. But if you go to New York or California, for example, you're going to pay a hefty chunk of whatever fees you get just to be there for three hours and make us it's really absurd it's why by the way people don't understand it but athletes when let's say you're an athlete and you play for the tennessee titans they don't have a state income tax but if you go to la and you play a game there you have to file as an nfl player a tax return and pay taxes on the amount of money prorated that you earned while you played in la
1: wow that's wow. so
3: why the players if they take a position with a team in major league sports whatever the sport is yes. and they play in california they've got to get more money than they would have had to have gotten in some other states to make up for the tax
1: consequences that is amazing yep. it's un- certainly unfair but uh we we know the government and uh, uh and you know it so so very well it's uh, pretty demoralizing Sometime, uh, I mean, I, I was an entrepreneur. I ran my own business for some 35, 36 years. And a lot of times, and, and this was for the wrong reasons, Governor, my accountant would call and say, Dennis, uh, here's the deal. You can either go buy you a new vehicle, mm-hmm. and I didn't need one, yeah. or you can send this money to the IRS. Yeah. Well, now, what, I didn't want to do either one, right. but what am I going to do? I'm going to go buy get a and, new
3: vehicle. Yeah, you know, and when the accountant tells you you need to spend some money this year, you think I need to do what? I've never been told that in my life <laughs> that I needed to go spend some money because yeah. otherwise I'm going uh, to suck it up in taxes. So
1: real quickly, uh, at one time, and and I would assume that you're still an advocate for a set uh, the fair tax, fair tax, yeah,
3: the fair tax would transform the economy, and and the simple way it works is that you would pay tax at the point of purchase, so you would not be penalized for what you produced for the work you did for the savings that you had you would only pay taxes at the point of consumption and it would be a flat tax across the board flat fair family friendly and finite you would know exactly what you're paying and if you didn't want to pay more tax you didn't buy something that was brand new if you bought something used the tax has already been paid so you wouldn't have to pay it again the fair tax would be the single most effective thing that could really change the economy of the united states and it would help the people at the bottom of the economy most i always hear people say oh that'd be great for rich people no rich people would actually uh, they'd still be better off but they wouldn't be as benefited as would be the people in the bottom third of the economy but you know it's it's not that complicated but here's the best selling point of it all it would eliminate the irs Completely, The IRS would go away. There wouldn't be no more tax returns to fill out. Think about that.
1: Oh, my gosh. The
3: government doesn't keep your money all year long interest-free. You know, I, I don't know how many people will get a check from the government after they file their taxes in April and get a check in May, and they say, oh, boy, I got a uh, $300 just, back. And you want to say, it? hey, goofball, did you know how much you paid in? <laughs> you paid in several thousand, and the government kept your money all year long, and they got to use it. And they didn't pay you an interest on it. You loaned them money interest-free. Don't celebrate what you got back.
1: Uh, Mourn over what you lost. Absolutely. So this is just something that's never going to gain any traction, though, is it?
3: Well, it, it could, but it requires, frankly, a president and a couple of key congressional leaders who would really champion the fair tax and sell it to the American people uh it could happen and i think if it it could happen if it were bipartisan and quite frankly this ought to be democrats ought to embrace the fair tax as much or more than republicans should Because it it doesn't have an ideological twist. It's just a different way of still getting the same amount of money for the government, which we have to have. I like having fire trucks, police cars, and, you know, parks and sewer systems. So uh, streetlights, all those things, you know, I, I really don't mind paying taxes for the things that are useful, helpful, and that benefit everybody. But what this does, it makes the receiving of the taxes less complicated. Boy, it does. And fair. And here's the thing. Right now... You know who doesn't pay any tax? Prostitutes, gamblers, um, drug dealers, uh, pimps. They don't pay tax. you you think they're reporting on a 1040? Here's how much money I made selling cocaine on the streets. No. But they're buying stuff. So here's the point. If you had a fair tax, people would be paying taxes that aren't paying it now because they buy stuff. So they'd pay the tax at the point of consumption rather than at the point of reporting it to the government.
1: So it's simple, yep. but yet the government wants to make it so complicated. So I, I mentioned yesterday in D.C. I was talking to Congressman French Hill, and I said, you know, if if, if D.C. didn't have double standards, they wouldn't have any standards at all. Yeah. And uh, the fact that, that there's just uh, – is it lobbyists that are keeping uh, this from occurring? or
3: it's, it's a combination of lobbyists and the members of Congress, and here's why. If if lobbyists grease the right palms, they will get tax breaks. Frankly, the entire tax code is written to create winners and losers for the tax code. And this company will get a special treatment, which is to the disadvantage of another company. Then that company will go out and hire lobbyists so that they can get a better break the next time. But I'll tell you who's really taken it on the chin. Is the working guy out there who stood on a concrete floor all day, sweated through his socks, and has to take a shower before his wife lets him sit at the dinner table. That's who doesn't get the break. But the multinational globalist corporations, they're getting the breaks. And this is why nothing changes for the most part in Washington, because, Dennis, to be fair, Democrats and Republicans are all playing the same game of letting the lobbyist and their companies that, employ them, really make the major tax decisions based on what's good for those companies. And here's the reality. I don't blame them. That's what they've got to do to survive. You know, they're playing the game for their shareholders and their customers. So, yeah, they're trying to get breaks. But the fact is that we're writing laws that benefit some at the expense of others is an outrageous mistake on the part of the
1: government. Well, I might've stirred up a hornet's nest, but that's okay. I'm glad to do that. I just remember you being one of the leaders in that. And, uh, you know, sometimes simple is so simple. Yeah. I mean, and, and it makes such sense. Uh, but, uh, oh, well, then I repeat myself. So, so, uh, one of the things, uh, uh, Gary Underwood, who's sitting here with you spent many years, uh, uh, actually in Texarkana, you bought a funeral home.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, and the church did where the church I was. Yeah. The church bought it. I, yeah. I want to make clear that I didn't go out and buy a funeral home. And with it comes all the stiffs. Well, well, yeah. <laughs>
1: well but one of the things that I, uh, either he's not giving me a no, no, no sign. So, uh, but one of the things that was funny was, uh, Gary told me, he said, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, of course, you were uh, not the governor at the time, but you were, were always very, very busy. And uh, but one of the things that was left was unfortunately a box of ashes. Yeah, some human remains. Some human remains. Right. And so uh, I know you were people wanting to see you a lot of times, and uh, I don't know why this story sticks, but 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 you would say, uh, Gary. Tell him I'm with somebody right now. Right, because I
3: kept that box in my office for man. the longest time. And it time. wasn't
1: a film. Was yeah, it?
3: no, it wasn't. It was true. Yeah. Uh, somebody, he's he's in with someone right now, <laughs> and that person is really burned up about oh, something.
1: <laughs> oh no! Did you, you
3: know what eventually happened to that box of ashes? And I don't know if Gary knows. I think you do. It went, Yeah, it went rose to one of our Bush. staff members' rose bushes, and I said it may be the first good day's work that person ever did in his life. It, it may have We don't been, know. We didn't but, know who it was.
1: But, but it's funny how little stories like that. Uh, uh, and I know you uh, are notorious, and that's one of the reasons why I kind of cringed when I gave you the wrong address this morning. But you are very much a t- – I mean, you're uh, – Punctual. In fact, Bush 43, even if the meeting was about you – and you were one minute late, those doors locked.
3: Yeah, we did that at my cabinet meetings. And, you know, if if a person had an appointment and they were late, we just decided that it wasn't going to happen.
1: So Dennis Milligan guest hosting. And, boy, I tell you, it's been such a blast. The time has gone so far uh, fast. I've got uh, former Governor uh, Mike Huckabee. And, unfortunately, and I guess I can go ahead and and say, we really had... uh, Someone, we're not taking any phone calls, but we were going to have someone hmm. special call in. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, uh, the governor. Oh. And yeah. unfortunately, as you know, things come up and she's busy uh they're trying to get uh, this session closed too out. busy
3: for her father well it's is is come to that
1: well My you know goodness governor uh, i, I wow. and 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 we were really gonna quite frankly and i'm going to reveal it now yeah. we were really going to punk you pretty good i bet you were. We, were we were in on it together yeah and uh so unfortunately uh, we got a, a note and that's why i, I look so disappointed but uh, to let you know uh Uh, It's been a while back. Uh, I think Gary was with me, some other people that had worked for you, and we were walking down uh, one of the halls in the Capitol, and uh, I walked by a committee room, and someone said, there goes them Huckabee boys. And uh, (laughs) I I thought that ought to be a great tribute to you that uh, – Uh, A whole
3: bunch of the crew. And
1: actually, Grant Wallace, uh, who worked for you, actually was a part of, uh, I think, opening up the D.C. uh, office. Yep, he was. Uh, Sarah appointed him. He's the uh, employee benefits director, which is a uh, very very critical job. It it truly is. And she had the faith. uh, uh, Grant was with me uh, for eight years as the treasurer. Tremendous job. And uh, uh, even he's a Texas Tech grad but that's okay mm-hmm. you know we but uh uh I was so happy when uh when the governor agreed and and she will have no regrets with him for certain but it's an important
3: job and uh you know most people don't realize there're tens of thousands of current and former state employees yes. uh, you know and this has to do with retirement benefits but also health insurance and by the way, the state's done a good job of managing that. You know, I, I look at what they're doing, and, you know, I'm very, very pleased. They've made good, responsible, fiscally, uh, I think, intelligent decisions, not just for the employees and retirees, but quite frankly for the citizens of Arkansas whose taxes
1: fund that. They do. and. And look, there is one diff- There is a difference having Republicans in office. And, uh, and, and I think even though I've always been told, and I'm a businessman, you're a businessman, uh, a multi-talented individual, but that we can't run government like a business. But I can certainly, uh, uh, I can certainly do my part to try and govern in a way that uh, respects the people's money. And uh, and I've got to say, there's a number of other legislators that take that same attitude.
3: Well, you know, I think uh, it helps if people making decisions in government have had some business experience. You know, if you have to make payroll out of your back pocket, as I did for most of the first year and a half, almost two years of covid, uh, because some businesses just didn't have any income coming in. So if you want to pay your employees, how else are you going to do it? Well, that's not pleasant. But that's what you do. And when you when you have to do those kind of things, it gives you a very different perspective about the management of money, yours as well as other people's.
1: No no doubt. And and as a businessman and again you just stated there's nothing more scary than a Friday payroll. Oh. You know, you you can face a lot of things yeah. but when you've gotta do that. But uh and I and I'm proud of our small businesses uh, in Arkansas and of course with the tax cuts that uh uh, hopefully we'll be in order today uh you know that's going to make us a little more uh, and I'm and I'm very appreciative of the governor understanding that companies uh they want to locate here but we have to give them a reason to locate here and uh and I'm hopeful that we're on the uh, on that track to get companies because that just increases opportunities taxes you know you know the deal mhm
3: Well, and uh, the incentive is that it's a very competitive environment. There are 50 states. Everybody is pitching to get businesses to come. So businesses are going to look and say, what is the most favorable environment? And it's not just taxes. It's infrastructure of roads, airports, river ports, uh, railheads. It's all of those things. And it's also the single most important If not a trained workforce, a trainable workforce. That's why education becomes the underpinning of every job creation that you ever have.
1: Haley Barber, when I was chairman of the party, Haley came in a few times. He was a former governor of Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And he said, Dennis, that infrastructure, those good roads, they benefit two things. Companies want to locate here to get their widgets in and out. And then the citizens get to, and so he he was really uh, passionate about uh, being able to, t- and and I would say the same is true. I mean, we all have our our, our geological locations that, uh, uh, but but Haley Haley had that vision, and he said, taking uh, taking business from Arkansas, we let y'all do all the work, and then we come in and swoop in and and take them, and uh, uh, but. That was just a comment that he made. I can't blame him for uh, wanting to support Mississippi, but uh, I still say thank God for Mississippi. Sometimes <laughs> I mean, ready? Okay. Uh, well, uh, Aaron, are we still we still good?
4: We're uh, we're about thirty seconds.
1: Okay. Well, oh, I'm sorry. That's the difference between a professional and a, and an amateur here, because I'm getting all these signals, Governor, and some of them. I don't know for whatever I'm having to try to understand and interpret some of those, but I can't thank you enough for taking your such valuable time to spend with our to spend with me. I'm honored by by your presence. I'm just uh, uh, I'm just in awe.
3: Well, thank and, you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Uh, and uh, hey, I'm going to walk away with the forums ready to get some money out of the auditor's and, and office that was my money that's, that's your the, money yeah. and
1: please uh if you will uh express that to uh uh the many people you speak yeah. with and be sure and have someone or yourself go to that missing money.com. I'm so appreciative for the governor to to take that time and uh we had actually had hoped to have uh, governor sarah sanders call in and uh, and chat with her dad just a little bit but uh she was busy with uh some legislative action that uh, they're trying to get approved at the Capitol with this special session this morning. But I tell you what, I've got something interesting, uh, and I thought for Arkansas this will definitely help uh, for people to understand. When we mentioned the word lobbyist, uh, and actually the governor mentioned before, but before he stepped out, he said, you know, a good lobbyist is worth his weight in gold. And I actually have uh, a, a lobbyist online. Uh, a guy named Richard Bearden from Impact Management. Richard, are you there?
4: Uh, Mr. Auditor, I am. Good morning to you.
1: So you may or may not have been able to hear, uh, and maybe we're listening to the radio with the governor, but uh, one of the things that I want to do when we hear the word lobbyist, uh, us... Novices, so to speak, or just general. uh, You know, we hear the word lobbyist, and the way the media makes it sound is that the media that the lobbyists control everything. Now, you're a veteran lobbyist. Uh, Y'all started what Impact Management in what 2000 in
4: 1999.
1: Yeah, 99. You and Terry Benham,
4: right?
2: And
1: and you actually handled uh, Bush 43's campaign uh, in 2000. Correct. That's correct. Yeah, for for Arkansas. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, And, in fact, my daughter got to be an intern. She was an undergrad. <laughs> uh and Worked so yeah. So you've been, I mean, it's not like y'all just started last night. But what I wanted right. to do when I invited you to come on the show was to talk uh, and not necessarily defend your industry, but talk sure. about some of the things that people uh, uh, w- will better understand about what, what y'all do.
4: Well, uh, absolutely. First of all, th- thanks for uh, for having me on. I always thought, though, uh, Dennis, we were friends. And, you know, friends don't let other guests come on after Mike Huckabee. <laughs> you know, the, go- the governor is entertaining and he's knowledgeable. So I can see where I rank when you ask me to come on immediately after uh, Governor Huckabee. So thanks for that.
1: Well, it's my uh, pleasure.
4: <laughs> it's just how you are. But, uh, yes. So we we're, we lobby. We do some political work, too, but primarily our firm uh, is a lobby firm. And, you know, I'll tell you, my, my mother has this conception, you know, when she tells people, she's like, oh, he's a lobbyist. You know, he hangs out with the governor all day, and they have lunches, and then they go have drinks, and they have coffee. And, you know, the reality is that I spend an awful lot of my time, along with my business partners, you know, sitting in a committee room, waiting to catch a member, getting information to a member, connecting a client with a member, but, you know, what, what is, it? I think that was your question, what is it that a lobbyist does? So our, our firm represents roughly 50 clients, um, 50 clients. Many of them are, are national clients, they're from out of state, we have some international clients, and, you know, uh, uh, auditor, what I, what I would tell people is, you know, we're connectors we're trying to connect a client who maybe has an area of expertise and a certain um, on a certain bill or some information that's a lot more detailed than a bill drafter or the member could have and to help connect them to get that information into the hands of the the lawyer the bill drafter the member in order to better um, advance the idea that they may have. Now, sometimes lobbyists bring bills that they would like to see get passed to a member, but a lot of times it's a member who has an idea, and uh, he he has gone over to VLR and got it drafted. and, you know, the bill may change the way a policy is enacted that our client or someone else's client is either for or against. And so, Really, we're sort of like educators. I know. I know you're right. Lobbyists kind of have this bad reputation of they control the world. But, well, it's
1: just the media. You know. The media makes it sound oh, like sure. that. That sure. you do, uh, and and that's one reason. Again, I just want to uh, clarify uh, really what good you bring to the table.
4: Yeah, and I and I really do think you know we have a part-time legislature. Uh, if you go to Texas, for example, they also have a part-time legislature, but. A Texas senator has a chief of staff and three or four staffers that are permanent, so they can really dig into issues at a, in a much, much greater detail, again, than our legislature and many other states that have part-time members. None of our right. uh, individual legislators has staff, other than the Speaker and the President Pro Tem, other than the BLR staff, which are shared among all members. So. Again, I think lobbyists play a critical role in, in getting that expert in a field connected with the member and then either you know providing testimony or background information and, and also visiting with other members on the committee and in the respective general uh, assembly, assembly chambers.
1: So let me clarify, when you use the word member, you're meaning a member yeah. of the legislature. Correct. Uh, the uh, and and number right. two, So, what really a lot of people don't realize that maybe be driving that are driving right now or sitting in their office listening, they Mm -hmm. really don't necessarily know it. But in some form or fashion, their company, uh, uh, some association is being represented by a lobbyist.
4: Oh, oh, absolutely. If if you're a Fortune 50, a Fortune 500 company, uh, you're you're and it could be through an organization, the poultry. Federation, for example, is uh, represents uh, uh, the various poultry companies around the state. Uh, Tyson Foods, the largest member of the poultry federation, all we our firm uh, uh, represents Tyson on a contractual basis. But we also represent Tyson, and and again, it could be uh, on everything from issues at the Department of Health, where someone at Tyson, you know, needs a, a connect and a contact on. COVID measures, or, uh, you know, it could be for some tax credit uh, that they're interested in for um, employees. Tyson is a, the poultry industry in general is a huge employer in the state. So, you know, it's not always just agriculture related that Tyson, using them as an example. We, we represent education companies, a number of education companies. And again, with the Governor Sanders' um, Real emphasis on reading and uh, uh, increasing our literacy scores. You know, our education clients are able to bring that expertise in on things that have worked well in other states, and so we we try to work and, and we do work to connect those to not only policymakers at the Department of Education, but also in the governor's office and with interested people in the legislature. So again. So- I would say we're more like a you know a a connector or a train conductor. we're We're trying to just make sure the the right people are talking with the right experts in the field.
1: Well, and here's the thing that 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 solidifies your interaction with a member, a member of the legislature or the yes. Senate, is <clears throat> you won't tell them the wrong thing but one time. And then they'll that's never correct. they'll never trust okay. you again. So that's, when that's when 100%. you say you know here's the good here's the bad, uh, yeah, I mean you have to be not just the pull shot you're taking right now, but the pull shot three shots down the road because you're going to come back. And look, the the thing that amazes right. me is right. is how y'all can be upside down with a representative today and then be pulling that wagon with them tomorrow. It's just amazing how you can psychologically, uh, you know, work (laughs) with those members.
4: Sure. Well, and and as I said, we have a part-time legislature. I mean, today in the legislature, I mean, Secretary Rice is a small business owner, owns a
1: furniture company. Yes, he does.
4: Mm -hmm. Um, Senator Bart Hester, the president pro tem of the Senate, is uh, a small businessman. He's a home builder. Uh, Representative Justin Boyd is, is a pharmacist. So wide range of people who who serve us. Senator Clark Tucker who is a, is a lawyer here, one of the few lawyers in the legislature. They can't be expected to be an expert on every single bill. And you know, on a on a given day, you've been up there a long time and have been an observer. On a given day in the House, they may vote on 25 or 30 bills. And it's it's a fast paced process. These bills have gone through the committee process. But, uh, you know, a member may know a blurb or a line or two about the bill, unless a lobbyist has been able to visit with them or an agency has come to see them. So, you know, again, I, I think our biggest role is providing information, more background and depth. Um, you know, I've talked with members over 25 years of doing this. and You know, some of them said, hey, I really don't have a position on this, but I'm I'm open to hearing what – why it's important to your client. And and sometimes that member may vote yes. Sometimes that member may go, I, I, as I said, I really didn't have a position, but I'm inclined philosophically to not be for these kinds of things, a, ref, a raise and a fee, for example, or a tax.
1: So well, again, I, I compliment uh, uh, y'all being able to mentally uh, not – it, on both sides, not, quote, whole grudges, uh, because uh, otherwise yeah. we really would shut shut things down. Uh, we're going to mm-hmm. take a break yeah. here in just a few minutes, but one of the things uh, that I yeah. want to talk about when we come back, is, and, and I'll certainly put the disclaimer out there, you've handled uh, a couple of my campaigns, and uh, I want to talk a little bit about that end of your business also uh, and right. how uh, – and, and where we've come from, because you were obviously heavily involved with the party back in the day when, uh, guess what, <laughs> you and you and Benham?
4: Uh, it was just Terry and I. Mitchell Lowe also worked over there. Lloyd Stone was the chairman. But, you know, the those were the – I, I empathize just a little bit with the Democrats, because when I was executive director of the state party, we had exactly six Senators, which is where they are today. Yeah, we, well, we had six and, yeah. and I get We've that. But come a but, long but, way. We've but, come
1: a long way. I've got uh, uh, Richard Bearden on the line. He and uh, uh, a couple, and I failed to mention uh, Robert Kuhn, too. But you know, yeah,
4: Robert uh, and Doc uh, Page. Yeah, we'll get yeah. To, There's four of us now. Yeah, and
1: and and again, you've grown your company tremendously, uh, handling. Many different accounts, including I remember one time y'all handled uh, accounts for Ford. Uh, I remember Terry. Uh,
4: yeah, Terry, Terry managed uh, Ford Motor Company. I, I, it was throughout the South. I think it was twelve or thirteen states, twenty six or twenty seven media markets. But uh, it did uh, a ton of rollout stuff for them, and uh, that was uh, that was a big account for our our uh, our firm at the time. Yeah, so and, and I.
1: And I will tell you that uh, uh Stacey Peterson, who worked for you at one time and is my and has been my communications yeah. director yeah. uh as when I was the treasurer and then now yeah. as auditor, she actually had a hand in in working uh With Terry's leadership uh, uh, for Ford there, but one of the things I I
4: just want to mention—you know, you mentioned your daughter Tiffany. Yeah, uh, worked for us at one time. Stacy worked for us at one time. I I I now see why I got to be a guest on this show. It it only took 26 years of, you know, building our firm to be a guest on this show. But I now see it's all these connections we had uh, there, Dennis.
1: Well, let (laughs) let let me so let me bring you back down to reality. So <laughs> I need that. Okay. So so here's the deal. Dave asked me uh a month <laughs> ago whatever if I would fill in for a day cuz he was going wow. on vacation and I was honored that he would ask me. And then he yeah. called back that afternoon and said, "Dennis, would you also fill in uh on Thursday and Friday uh along <laughs> with Wednesday?" And I said he said because we've gotten some really favorable phone calls when you've hosted the show in the past. Wow. And I said, let's be real, Dave. You couldn't find anybody else.
4: <laughs> well, but you've had a heck of a you've had a heck of a, a lineup. Uh, uh, Larry Walter, the oh, yeah. treasurer, and uh, Tommy Land, the land commissioner, the governor. I mean, you've had a pretty Pretty A-list, and then you got you, – you, you you were down to the
1: B-listers. But, hey, I'm just glad to be on. I'm honored yeah, but to be on. At, uh, and as long as we're naming names, uh, uh, Justice, Supreme Court Justice Rhonda Wood uh, yesterday. Well, I'll have yeah, yeah, uh, Barbara go. Webb on uh, uh, yeah. uh, to, yeah. tomorrow. Uh, the court. Yeah. But but let's get back to what before the break I mentioned something yeah. about politics and, of course, the fact yeah. that, that you and Terry – And companies, so to speak, were uh, uh, when you kind of started out. Was it strictly just representing uh, uh, politicians?
4: Well, uh, yes. Our first couple of uh, years, we did, we did, we did political campaigns. And as I mentioned, uh, you know, remember you were in the beginning of that. You were party chairman in the beginning of that sort of transition over to the I was. Republican majority. Uh, now a Republican, I think, statewide supermajority. But uh, I, you know, some people forget. Uh, and I, Ted Mullinex, uh and I were talking here uh, about a month ago.
1: You know, Ted, uh, hold on, hold on. Hold on. From, who, who is Ted Mullanex
4: Yeah, so so Ted Mullanex he's a lobbyist now, but he he was a Republican legislator in the nineties. And I was E D, he was the the House minority leader. Right. And he said he said, Richard, if you remember, we had a caucus of eighteen eighteen Republicans in the House. There were there were four Republican senators. And uh Ted, Ted was the sole Republican in the fourth district.
2: Hot The Springs. entire
4: fourth district. Hot Springs. Hot the Springs. only one. The only member. So you know how far have we come—a long, long darn way. But it was not—it was not easy, and and you know we had to sort of chip away at seats one, one or two at a time. I, re, I remember uh, in the late uh, '90s, Jim Magnus. Uh, yep. We spent a ton of money, raised a ton of money, and Jim Magnus was the only Republican out of our ten targeted seats that won. But you you flip forward to the the Clinton election. I remember uh, Phil Wyrick uh, won in a special election. Vic uh, Snyder has been elected to Congress, and Phil Wyrick, who, who became a Republican, won his state senate seat in a special election. We elected a guy named Bob Keltner to the state house. So, you know, again, it was really by inches. It wasn't even a footstep forward, it was inches mm-hmm. to get there, and those were tough times for Republicans, but we've come a long darn way, and, and I think. Our firm is sort of, you know, flipped. We do still do a lot of political work, a lot of political campaigns, uh, including, as you mentioned, a couple of years been been uh, honored to be successful just, uh, providing a little bit of advice uh, for
1: you along the way. So, uh, one of the things, and by the way, I do I've known Ted Mullinax for a long, long time. I mean, oh, just yeah. for the, uh, yeah. for the yeah. listeners. I just wanted them yeah. to know who who he was. Uh, in fact, he had a uh, always laugh with him. He had one of those shows in Hot Springs, yeah. sort of like they have in Branson. And, yeah, of course, yeah, he was yeah. he was the fall guy or the comedian. and yeah, uh, that's, right, uh, that's right. So I, I know I was there one night, and they were all laughing at him. He said, hey, listen, what are y'all laughing at? Y'all elected me to the legislature. So, uh,
4: <laughs> and they purchased tickets to that show, see? So
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, uh, again, with respect to campaign, would you say that yeah. – Y'all are certainly not phasing out of that, but no, uh, no. but but I guess, uh, and you'll always have a hand uh, in some form or fashion because you've had some some pretty good candidates. Uh, to to add to your your comment about uh, when I was the chair, uh, I kind of use the old story: I've been rich and I've been poor, and rich is better. Uh, <laughs> and right, and, right. and 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 I do somewhat empathize with you again with about our our uh, friends across the aisle but my comment has been a couple of times is you know Richard I was the first Republican ever elected to be the, uh, the treasurer of state yep. since yep. reconstruction so what I tell okay. them uh, our friends across the aisles look you' all had about one hundred and forty five years give us hundred and forty five yeah. and then we'll, we'll' we'll divvy up and see who's done the best job
4: that's right we'll call it even well and, and I'll tell you that the depth of the Republican supermajority, and and I'll tell you how deep it goes. You know, if you look over in eastern Arkansas, uh, Steve Holwell in, in St. Francis County, I mean, you know, when I was ED, we, we were lucky to have a committee of nine, ten people over there um, and elected state reps. Steve, Steve was another guy that active for years in the county politics and sort of beat his head against, and then he gets elected state representative. There's a Republican that represents Phillips County. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know Phillips County, not exactly a hotbed as you would think of Republicanism. So re- really, if you stretch from you know Benton Bentonville down to parts of Helena, that down way down to Texarkana, uh, all the way over to Mississippi County, that there's you know there's a Republican state rep, state senator, and it, it really is when we talk about a Republican, deep Republican majority. It's that deep. And it's now just not two uh, auditors. You know, all of the state the constitutional officers, the Republican, the, the two U.S. senators, the four congressmen. But you get down into the quorum court, court, the county Absolutely.
1: Attorney,
5: the sheriff, it's It's deep.
1: Let's just jump right off into it. Ain't been much going on here the last few days, right? I don't
5: know what you've been paying attention to. (laughs) Well, first of all, good to be with you, uh, Mr. Auditor. Thank you. uh, Thank you. Who does a great job at that and certainly did a great job as treasurer. We appreciate the hard work of you and your staff and everything you do, but... uh, Thanks for giving the opportunity to be on and and talk to the great people that listen to the great Dave Ellswick Show.
1: Well, Dave uh, is is getting a chance to kind of recharge his batteries, and uh, we're we're glad and thankful for that. Uh, You know, I've said it before, some of the listeners, Dave invited me to host the show one day, uh, and uh, that was yesterday. And then uh, he called back and said, can you do Thursday and Friday? And he said, you know, we've had such good reports uh, and comments about you hosting the show. And I said, well, Dave, let's be real. You couldn't find anybody else. And uh, uh, it's sort of like when I became state chairman of the party, the Republican Party. It, it, it wasn't that Dennis was the greatest selection. I was the only one dumb enough to step up and take on the job.
5: Well, but you did it. Now, now I just want to ask, how many years ago was that? That was a long time ago, right?
1: Uh, I was the state chairman of the party in 2007, 2008. Okay. And it's kind of like owning... I was a...
5: thinking it was like 1890 or something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, turn his mic off, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're just going to look at him, yeah. So, but 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 uh, we were talking about it, and, and maybe you were, or maybe you weren't listening. A lot. I had Richard Beerman on, uh, Bearden on uh, from Impact Management, and we were visiting... Uh, uh, about lobbyists and, and, uh, but one of the subjects came up, uh, uh, a lot of people don't know. He handled Bush 43's campaign in 2000 for Arkansas. My daughter actually, who is an attorney now, God bless her. Uh, yeah, w- was we, an intern. We can't all be perfect. was an intern, uh, for him, but we were just talking about that. And, and to use the old saying, I've been rich and I've been poor and rich is better. So, uh, uh With respect to the party, with respect to uh, 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 our super majorities, but tell us a little uh, Senator boyd tell us a little bit about uh the last few days and how uh, what your take on it is
6: I'll just say we we've been busy I mean we've been working uh we we were uh, called in for a special session uh, one of the main reasons is to cut taxes we did a huh? two hundred plus million dollar tax cut for the people um, and then we had a, a bill uh, referred to as the, the FOIA bill there was a lot of debate, a lot of discussion uh, the people had a lot to say about that I'd say we uh, in the Senate spent a lot of time listening, a lot of time responding a lot of time crafting and um, I think at the end of the day the it was an interesting process and the process worked
1: well, and I think that's always encouraging when we do see uh, the people that uh, uh, were concerned, the people that took off from work and wanted to express, and that's that, that, that's democracy, isn't it? Is that what that's called?
5: That's what that's called, and, and, and to Senator Boyd's point, we saw it work this week. You know, look, we don't have any control um, about the governor calling us in, and she, she makes that, that call. We have to respond. That's the Constitution that tells us to do that. And then it's our job, though, to get in there and respond to the people. It's our job to get in there and craft policy, working with the governor, working with the House of Representatives, working with our colleagues to craft the policy that's good for the state, that's good for the people of Arkansas. So that And that's exactly what we saw happen. And, and happy to get into to talking about some of those issues and, and sort of where we ended up through that. But
1: guest hosting uh, for the— uh... The grand one. I'm uh, joined uh, this morning and, and so honored. I've got uh, State Senator Ben Gilmore from Crossett, Arkansas. We're going to talk about Crossett some, too, in just a little bit. And then uh, uh, Senator State Senator Justin Boyd from Fort Smith. And, Senator, we were talking off air a little bit ab- about, uh, uh, I guess, the, the situation of the—look, f- the, the, Normally, tax cuts would rule the world, Mm. but this FOIA thing created a comment about what? Yeah,
5: let's get right into
6: talking about the special session. Can I make one point real quick, though? It was like a $200 million tax cut. We didn't even – there wasn't even debate on the Senate floor. I mean, I I would have never thought in my time, you know, eight years in the House and, you know, most of a year in the Senate, that we would do a, a tax cut that significantly. And, you know, yes, I heard from constituents, mostly, you know, a handful that didn't want us to cut taxes, surprisingly, but they didn't. Uh, but it was just amazing that the FOIA thing just sucked the air out of the room. And, 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 and,
1: and again, for the sake of transparency, I'm a constitutional officer. There were many parts of the bill early uh, before it was modified that that would have made life a little easier on me. Mm-hmm. but but as i mentioned and i'll publicly uh, transparency is something that i uh and accountability uh i mentioned earlier there are a lot of people that will for you our office with no intention other than creating just ter- uh, turmoil in the office a lot of times they'll FOIA you and never even come pick it up pick the information up but go ahead senator uh, yeah no ahead.
5: look i think these are all great points What what senator boyd mentioned about the tax cuts i mean First of all, just to, to to echo that, we've cut taxes just since I've been in the Senate, since you've been in the Senate, almost a billion dollars of of income tax that we've cut. I just want to say that again, almost a billion dollars to the, to the listeners out there in income tax cuts. That's huge. That ought to excite a lot of people. That means more money back in their pockets, more money back in our pockets, and it's their money that we should be giving back. Now, you know, we cut taxes again around $200 million in, in taxes just this session, and that doesn't get talked about. Um, rightfully so. We spent a lot of time, took up a lot of time, um, talking about FOIA and transparency in government. To your point, um, Auditor, you made a great point about we want transparency in government. You're someone who uh, believes in transparency. We all believe in transparency, and we don't want to lose that. We have some of the, the most transparent laws in the nation here in Arkansas, and that's a good thing. But at the same time, we have people who weaponize that. But the great thing about this special session that, I, that, that is encouraging to me, and I, Senator Boyd can speak to it as well, is the process worked. We heard from our constituents. We heard from people who reached out that said, hey, I, I, I sort of get what you're doing. We understand the, the the concerns around security. We understand the concerns around people who are filing frivolous FOIA requests, who are suing state government, who are in some cases that are filing FOIA requests for 30, 40, 50,000 pages yes. of documents. I mean, it is in some cases grinding the gears of government, a government who's there to serve the people, to be efficient and provide the best <laughs> services to the people. It's grinding that to a halt in a lot of cases.
1: Senator Justin Boyd, what do you say, uh, and again, all fair we were chatting uh, most proponents of what we're uh, uh, of the FOIA, uh, or at least I'm sorry, the the people that are against changing, uh, does the good overcome the bad? I mean, just what Senator Gilmore is talking about. Because I myself have had uh, frivolous FOIAS, uh, and there's some people you want to say, can't you get a life? I mean, uh, uh, re- re- well, I mean it's it's so funny, it's sad, but it is. Uh, but but do you think the the good overcomes the bad, so to speak?
6: Well, I'd say is we learned a lot in this process, I learned a lot more about FOIA, what changes do and don't make happen. And so when you ask that, I think what the point is, is it needs to be focused on what the problems are, what the challenges are, and then we can go back and say, does the good outweigh the bad, right? So I think what we learned with deliberative process, that was a significant change, and I think I, learned, I have a lot better understanding, a lot better grasp now of what, if you just say deliberative process, what that entails, how much it impacts. You know, so like, for instance, there will be a state agency that's doing an investigation on a, on a company. It's a small state agency. It's a legitimate investigation. And then there are cases where the company that is being investigated, they will just go in and shut that agency down with FOIA requests. I don't believe the people of Arkansas want to see that happen. I don't believe that the people of Arkansas believe that you should be able to take a law and weaponize it to protect yourself. Now, I do believe that the people want to be able to see that information, have access to that information, and that's important. So we have to craft solutions that address the specific problems, not craft solutions because we don't like something, but they don't really address the specific challenges we're having.
1: Senator Gilmore?
5: Yeah, no, I think that's well said. And I just want to point out to everybody listening, because I think it's important that we state we did listen to the people. We crafted a very narrow, very narrow bill that addressed just the security portion related to the governor's security. And why is that important? Well, look, there's a, the governor has a lot of enemies. Um, very conservative governor. Um, has done a great job.
1: Do you think, Senator, that because of her national prominence, and let's face it, I mean, she worked for the president of the united states she was the the sounding board do do you think that do you think that created Uh, i mean obviously more uh, she was certainly her name id is great but that can work against you
5: of course it did and 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 just to point out uh, a lot of people don't don't know this perhaps but i think it's important to to point out is she was the only press secretary in history that had to have secret service protection yeah Typically, just so people understand, it's typically reserved for the president and the vice president.
1: Even even kicked out of a restaurant. Uh, do you remember when, yeah. when her family was asked to leave that and they weren't bothering anybody? I mean, it just... Yeah. Dave Ellswick. No, I'm not Dave Ellswick. No, I'm, I'm not, and I never will. I, I
5: just want to point that out because, you know, sometimes, you know, you may forget who you are. You well, are getting up there in I, age. Actually, actually we've had some know.
1: calls in this morning. They're starting to call me Tucker Milligan. Tucker Milligan. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, that, that, and I've asked for any positive calls to come in, and if you got a negative comment, our, our phone lines are, are messed up. You right? You we now. go to
5: Facebook, I'll read some negative comments. Yeah, yeah you.
1: That, that's okay. <laughs> uh, boy, with friends like you, I sure don't need any enemies. Uh, I'm sitting here also with uh, State Senator Justin Boyd from uh, Fort Smith. They just got out of the session, and. Uh, uh, and, heck, by the time we get out of here, or whatever I, I may even talk them into buying my lunch. you are not lobbyists, so you could buy my lunch. But as yeah, but I, why n- would we? Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, that's. Let, let's move. Let's get back and finish up the. the any other final comments uh, from from you, Ben? As far as the foia well, and that deal
5: again, I'll just reiterate the the the. the the best thing about this special session is the process worked. We heard from the people. People's voice was clearly heard and the fact that we ended up with with policy and a a bill that will be signed today, I think they may be actually doing a signing ceremony right now that is narrowly tailored. It protects the FOIA, our current FOIA law, except for the fact that we are now uh, providing FOIA exemptions to the governor's security and protection, which is logical. It's crazy to me that we we wouldn't have already done that already, mm-hmm. uh, because when you've got people who are out there that are foying getting the names, addresses, phone numbers of her security detail, literally happened. Um, that 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 request uh, was part of the reason for this bill. But it, at the end of the day, I think we got good policy and we listen to the people.
1: Now you know, as the auditor state I have a security detail also. You're not aware of that. I have the left hand and the right hand, and my legs for running. And and one would hope, you know, that uh, is the old saying: if the bear's chasing you, I ain't got outrun the bear. I just got outrun you. But uh, but anyway, Senator Boyd, what do you what what do you say?
6: I say again, process worked. We listened to the people. We looked at it. We narrowly from the get go, people were like, if it's security only will support
0: it.
1: Yeah.
6: And and we heard a lot of that and, and that's that's where we wound up. The other I want to make one other quick point. Sure. So as Senator Gilmore said, it's also about backing the blue. Like these are state policemen. This is about keeping them safe as well. It's about and the other issue, people talked about retroactivity. Those security plans, they started planning for to protect both our current governor and her opponent, Chris Jones, because they both had three small kids. And I think that's the part is there is, you know, people keep going, well, why do you have to? Well, because it's about the playbook. And I think Senator Hester said it well. You know, you, you beat this team in football today. Well, you don't release your plans because you got ten more games to play. Yeah, right, and,
1: and, and to, to summarize, uh, and I was actually going to work, I get to work uh, – Senator Gilmore. you work? Uh, I, wait, yeah, wait, 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 yeah, wait a okay, second! Yeah. Hey, breaking
5: news! Yeah. Breaking news! Yeah, yeah. We, yeah we I we just heard that he works. Yeah,
1: very early in the mornings.
5: Well, I know your staff works really hard. I, I just, I just thought maybe you just strolled in and you know
1: uh, cut his mic off. Aaron. <laughs> so, I'm driving to work one morning. It's let's say six o'clock, and this was back a couple of years ago. The Ten Commandments deal, mm. and I see this vehicle kind of coming erratically. And the first thought that went in my mind was, this person's having a heart attack because the car veered off, and the next thing I know,
5: bam. So I I heard it was actually aiming for you, and they missed.
1: Well, that's, yeah, I mean, that that certainly could be brought into play. They did miss, and they hit, but my point is, is that we never know, uh, you know, where, uh, and it turns out this guy was, I think, a mentally ill individual, Mm, but, but. Uh, in most cases someone that would do something or threaten the the governor or their children uh, probably are mentally ill. Well,
5: and, and just in the last, you know, few months, we've had two people that are currently sitting in jail right now who threaten the life of the governor and her family. Yeah. And we've got another person that I think is actually in Maine that is it's waiting extradition back to Arkansas that also threatened the governor. We've had an, a huge increase in, um, uh, threats to this governor just because of her national status, her celebrity status, her name ID, the fact that she did a great job for uh, President Trump being a press secretary, had to have, you know, Secret Service protection for that. So a lot of good reasons as to why we need to protect her and her three small children.
1: So let's uh, move on to something that's near and dear to my heart now and a lot of fun. In fact, Senator Boyd, we just uh, uh, helped you or getting ready to help you uh, UCP unclaimed Absolutely. property.
5: So just just so the listeners really understand what that is, basically you go all through the state with a big bucket of cash and throw it out the windows of your car.
1: I'm from I'm from the government and I'm here to that, help. That's that's <laughs> how that works, right? Yeah, but but here's the little secret: it's their money, it's their money, and my job. I want to be the all-time auditor of getting some four hundred million dollars back uh in our constituents hands right. so uh and what is unclaimed property well unclaimed property it's not it's not just money we have watches we have jewelry we have uh war medals uh uh we have different things that that uh that are taken out of safety deposit boxes so ultimately when it has nowhere else to go it comes to us Right. And so, in fact, uh, to take it a step further, and by the way, ClaimItAR.com. dot com, that is the website. But we are we're desperately working very hard to, and it's not only individuals, uh, senators, it's nonprofits, mm-hmm. uh, it is hospitals. We'll talk about uh, 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 that some too, but also. Uh, certainly individuals and uh, companies. Mm. I mean, uh, we took a check the other day to Conway for $43,000. This company wow. had no clue that, it, uh, that that they had that money. So I'm I'm so proud of that.
6: Yeah, so one of the things is I'm a pharmacist in my other job, and I've noticed that I found pharmacies that were owed money, and then I forwarded on so they could collect that. Sure,
1: and, and so with that uh, uh and, and, and i have other th- responsibilities i sit on two major retirement boards uh also payroll um, you you cats get a check from me signed by, by me but uh now
5: are you on the retirement board because you know something about that or is it because you're close to retirement age i, I, d- I just wanted to clarify uh,
1: he, he's got me speechless I, I don't know what we're gonna have to do to him but uh but but no I mean I sit on uh, teacher retirement I sit on APERS, and uh, uh, I don't know if you'll ever make it to retirement uh, you may need a security wow. detail you might need you might need From some, you, s- right? some security <laughs> but but with that we're trying to get the word out in fact I was in your uh uh, I was in your district uh, just here a while back uh, presenting some. Uh, uh, Stacy, what was it? 20. To the city of Camden. Cross it. I mean Cross it. Wow. How much? Five thousand. Back to the to the city of Cross not Camden. Cross it, but yeah. Cam- thank
5: you. Hey, you know, I get it. Sometimes you get confused and you forget where you are, I'm, and that's why you have a great staff that yeah, does such a good job. And, to, and remember, to keep you I'll. Straight.
1: And by the way, I'll be. Uh, you know next month's my birthday so yeah uh, maybe it's the onset of dementia i don't know oh, well, but okay. but uh, nonetheless we were down and uh and gave that money back and then also there was a fire department uh what is it called northern cross it north, north cross it so
5: yeah no that was a that was a great day and i really appreciate you coming down um i just want to point out uh i think I know I see it, I know a lot of other people do how hard you work, your staff does a great job. you've been very active going out into communities, giving their money back to them um, and as you're as you pointed out a second ago, you did come to my district, came to cross and gave about twenty thousand dollars out um, to um the city of Crossit and then the north crossit um, um fire department and you know. Why is that important? Well, it's important because it's their money. You already stated it. It's their money. You're you're the custodian of it for a time until you can give it back to them. But you know, it's 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 important that that people understand that you're actively trying to do this. You've you've made it your mission uh to do that you know i see on facebook all the time i know other people do about all the money you're giving out i see a, actually a list with what looks like maybe several million dollars on there that that you've just given out recently um and so uh, credit to you and the hard work that you're doing uh, now i just want to point out i think the only reason you came down to cross it was to get a free meal um well at, i at, did. at a really great restaurant uh, i did Bistro. Uh, and,
1: and uh when i'm back in cross it that's where i'll be going to to eat again. Uh, Let me mention, too, uh, even the example the other day, the city of Bryant, uh, which I live in the Bryant-Bitton area, $33,000. A Baptist med center last week, $138,000. And this is money that uh, I'm going to use a big word on you, Senator, if you need me to help. uh, uh, Well, just don't stutter on it. Just make sure you can say it. perpetuity. Oh, perpetuity. Perpetuity? What is it, Senator? Perpetuity. Perpetuity. Yes. Yeah. It's kinda of like Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah. But but with that easy for you and son. I will and I yeah, that's right. But I will never some states have it where after a period of time that money goes to the state. I will never support any legislation that is hard working on go to the
5: people because it's their money uh, and, and and it's kind of like it's kind of like tax cuts right the Re- same reason we cut taxes yeah. is because it's the people's money and we give it back
1: but but le- also let me drill down a little deeper because I think we even had a, a situation with uh, uh, with uh, one of your constituents but we don't just give it out you have to you have to go and file mm-hmm. some paperwork. Be so where
5: paid. where is the thing go to do that?
1: Uh, well, you can go to claim at ar. Com and that'll start you off. Just follow the prompts, mm-hmm. and then uh, then you can go from there. If you have a problem, we'll certainly you can call our office, and we'll reach out mm-hmm. and try to help walk you through it. But we can't just go sending out checks without the proper uh, uh, the proper ID. Let's keep those thoughts going. We're going to take a break. You're listening to The Dave Elswick Show.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn